In addition to that rule of virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of debate, apply. Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute when recognized to speak. This is because the mics are very sensitive and will pick up the noise which might disturb the attention of other members. When recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of their screens, which has an option that allows a member to put his or her hand to raise a point of order. The Secretariat will assist in alerting the chairperson to members requesting to speak. When using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. We shall now proceed to the order, which is debate on vote number eight, National Treasury Adjustment Appropriation Bill. I now recognize the Honorable, the Minister of Finance. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chair, Honorable Chair, and uh, Honorable Members. Um, thank you very much for this opportunity to uh, introduce the budget vote uh, for the National Treasury of the Republic of South Africa. Uh, before I start, let me take this opportunity to um, extend my uh, condolences to those families who have lost their loved ones as a result of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. In the same vein, let me take this opportunity to wish uh, my colleagues and all other South Africans who find themselves struggling at the moment against this virus. We should always be guided by the spirit that we shall overcome. Once again, thank you for this National Assembly mini plenary, which is sitting to consider the vote for the National Treasury. Section 16 of the, 216 of the Constitution gives certain powers and functions uh, to the National Treasury together with the Public Finance Management Act. Every year in February, we present the budget for the Republic of South Africa. And in October, we present the medium-term budget statement. This year, however, we've been forced by circumstances to consider a supplementary or an adjustment budget. This we have presented on, the, on June 24th uh, this year. And this has been debated uh, in the House 
and I, th I thank you very much for the debates and the uh, discussions which have taken place. Um, no matter how much we might disagree, at the end of the day, we all do what we have to do in the interest of our country. The budget vote, therefore, today for the National Treasury seeks to obtain your views and your approval for the functioning of the National Treasury's work. With that in mind, we need always to bear in mind that we want to build a strong National Treasury, staffed with the best our country and the world can offer. And in this regard, we are in the process of filling some of the critical vacancies which have been there for a while. Recently, interviews took place for some of the critical deputies, director general positions, and cabinet will soon make a pronouncement on them. The National Treasury has set itself a three-pronged strategy. The first is to achieve sustainable public finances, and during the debate on the appropriations bill, we made clear what these were, in particular to bring about a lower budget deficit and a lower debt to GDP ratio. Second, the function of the National Treasury is to strengthen the sound financial controls and management of public finances in South Africa. And in this regard, we pay particular attention to the implementation of the requirements which are there in the Public Finance Management Act. And working together with my colleagues, the MECs of finance, we seek to make sure that controls are there in the country as a whole at all levels. And I continue to be concerned about the slippages which are taking place from time to time. Thirdly, it is our duty as stipulated in the Public Finance Management Act that the National Treasury should advocate for sound economic policy in the Republic of South Africa. And we do this by constantly engaging and debating with our colleagues uh, in cabinet and outside cabinet to strengthen economic policy making. Now, honorable members, we are all concerned that the pandemic has impacted so negatively on our economic performance. And therefore, it is one of the duties of the National Treasury to help coordinate a response uh, to this to this crisis. In this respect, I've requested Dr. Masondo, the Deputy Minister of Finance, to coordinate the government's efforts in the response to economic revival, implementing structural reforms together with all our colleagues. And I've asked him to lead what I call the Volindela unit, which will help to coordinate this effort. You will recall that in March, the government initiated a wide-ranging relief package to manage the immediate impact of the virus. You remember very well the initiatives that we announced, first thing being to focus on the public health response, and we've indicated what we have done in that regard. Secondly, to support the, the poor um, uh, through the uh, 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 grant to, for relief of distress, we've done that. 
thirdly, we have made an intervention to support business through uh, various means, including the uh, loan guarantee scheme. And today we will uh, announce further measures to strengthen the loan guarantee scheme. Fourth, the South African Reserve Bank has made interventions by providing monetary accommodation um, on a large scale, which should help to support businesses and oil the economic development process. Five, we have also spoken to the insurance companies to help support uh, uh, policyholders in this situation. And all this should come to some uh, impact uh, in the economy. We've discussed uh, before the fiscal outlook and the dangers which are there as a result of the ballooning, ballooning budget to debt to GDP ratio. We've discussed that before, and I have no intention of repeating that today. All I ask of you today, colleagues, is to support the budget vote for the National Treasury, for them to be in a position to continue doing their work that they have to do in response to the crisis, but also what they need to do on a daily basis as per their mandate. Honorable Chair, I raise my case and wish you a good debate this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Minister. We will now move to the next speaker, which is Honorable MD Mabileza. Uh, thank you, House Chair. Honorable members, the economic and COVID-19 context of the special adjustments budget vote on the National Treasury. The economic context in which we are tasked to consider the special, the specially adjusted budget vote of the National Treasury needs to be understood against the mandate that the National Treasury has to perform. The National Treasury has a unique function and therefore any adjustment needs careful consideration against the backdrop of the economic challenges the country faces. In order to deal with both our pre and post COVID-19 economic challenges, since they are interconnected, the African National Congress has developed an economic reconstruction growth and transformation plan. The plan elements of which are already in operations, consciously seeks to speed economic growth and social inclusion. It answers the question, what needs to be done to build fast growing, more resilient and more inclusive economy? It urges that in response to the current pandemic and pre-pandemic and the NC should unite society around a series of bold and decisive actions in order to set the economy, the economy on a path of high growth combined with social inclusivity. The plan fuses together elements of existing policy and new proposals seeking to bring about catalytic interventions required in the current conjecture to ignite economic growth and ensure that the benefits of such growth accrue 
to all, particularly the poor. These measures are aimed at promoting a more inclusive economy where the majority women and youth and all economic levels result in transformed patterns of asset ownership and income distribution of our society. The aim is to reconfigure South Africa's political economy in line with, in, in line with the ideals enriched in the Freedom Charter. The people shall share in wealth and the constitution. The ANC's approach is that the economy is meant to serve society. It is common cause that the purpose of budget vote adjustment is to incorporate, incorporate COVID-19 interventions into the vote by amending plant indicators and targets in both the strategic plan and the annual performance plan of the National Treasury and assess how COVID-19 reprioritization will be reflected in the adjusted 2020-21 budget allocation of, on the programs of the National Treasury. No strategic outcomes and ethic indicators revisions are proposed in the strategic plan 2019-2024 and changes are confined to the annual performance plan and the budgetary allocation for 2020-21. It is within this context that we have to consider the special adjustment vote on the national treasury. Key consideration of the adjustments. The adjustments are to be found in four programs as follows. On administration, a reduction in the annual targets for the percentage of spent on the training and development budget. On public and budget management, rescheduling targets to a later date for catalytic projects in specially targets areas within metropolitan cities, secondary cities, and rural towns. On financial accounting and supply chain management, rescheduling on the implementation of the integrated financial management system plan and on international financial relations, rescheduling targets in the number of advocacy forums to be hosted for the uptake of development finance. Overall, the budget vote is revised upwards for 2020-21 with an additional of 2.1 billion whilst there are downward revisions across departmental programs of 863 million. On the program of assets and liability management, this has been allocated an additional 3 billion, which has been transferred to recapitalize the land bank following its credit default in March. On observations and recommendations, we are mindful of the fact that in 19 May, we discussed the vote of the National Treasury and passed it, and therefore this adjusted vote report and its recommendations must be read together with the May report, the committee of the committee. In addition, we recommend the committee report of the special adjustment budget revised fiscal framework and revenue proposal of 7 July be read with this report. All three reports are interrelated and interconnected. The committee noted the change socioeconomic environment after affecting the department and the country, particularly the projected uh, shortfall in revenue by more than 300 billion and, and the increased borrowing requirements and 
as a result of the coronavirus disease 2019 COVID-19. The committee knows that despite this, the, prog the progress of national treasury has so far required very minimal revisions and budget adjustment. The committee welcomes the national treasury still ex expects to meet all its targets in its seven programs, except for the downward revision of some training and development targets. The committee will continue to monitor progress on all departmental programs uh, going forward. The committee noted the downward revision of 863 million across all national treasury. The committee recommends that although SARS has not been affected by the adjustment, it should, however, present to the committee its revised plans and targets in the next quarterly briefing given the changes to the fiscal framework. The committee notes the 3 billion allocation to recapitalize the land bank. The committee reiterates its observation in fiscal framework report of 7 July that the land bank is a strategic entity that should not be allowed to fail given its contribution to the agricultural sector and its, develop, its developmental and transformation mandate. The committee notes that the land bank may require further support for it to become sustainable again. The committee is aware that the land bank has not managed its role efficiently and effectively and will more rigorously monitor its progress in future. The committee also recommends that National Treasury also fulfills its oversight responsibility on the land bank far more effectively and holds those accountable for the lapse to account. The committee requires a detailed briefing from the land bank and National Treasury on the challenges confronting the land bank. The committee knows that there has been some progress and a report has been compiled on the options available to National Treasury in establishing a state bank and looks forward to engagement this year on developments with the National Treasury. The committee reiterates its recommendation contained into revised fiscal uh, framework report of 7 July 2020 on the need for National Treasury to unlocking domestic investment, although impact, impact investment on Regulation 28 of the Pension Funds Act and on the feasibility and prescribing assets for pension funds. We are looking forward to further reports to the committee on this. Through uh, deliberation, the committee also recommends that the National Treasury considers how pension funds members can leverage their pension assets without eroding their provision for retirement. The committee will call the government employees pension fund the financial sector conduct authority and the national treasury to brief it on the rules and feasibility in this regard. The majority in the community supported the revision and adjustment to national treasury's plans and allocations. The ANC in acknowledging the adjustment and the, uh, the rationale for this supports the report and the adjusted revision to the budget vote on the National Treasury. Thank you. A long way.
thank you very much, Honorable Member. Honorable Member, I'm advised that uh, Honorable Dr. Chana Pilani Majaki's background is that of the ANC. As you would know, Honorable Members are not allowed to display a party logo. I would advise that uh, she quickly rectify that mistake. Honorable members. Noted, uh, leader. Honorable members, uh, I'm advised that uh, Honorable Kasa, who was supposed to start with the proceedings, uh, has now recovered from the technical glitch. I was supposed to take over at three. I will call upon Honorable Gigi Hill Lewis, and after that, Honorable Kasa will take over. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chairman. Uh, Mr. Chairman, South Africa is hurtling towards a sovereign debt crisis which will spare no one and which will sacrifice our policy sovereignty. We all recall the countless commitments from President Ramaphosa and Minister Mbaweni to reform, to doing things differently, to seizing the moment. And yet, despite the endless repetition that things will change, they have only changed for the worse with an estimated 3 million jobs already lost through the inept lockdown crisis. The fact is that there is no leadership. President Ramaphosa is a spectator president whose credibility has crumbled and who looks increasingly isolated with no authority or ideas of his own. There should be a unified national effort to work together to stop a sovereign debt crisis. But the government itself is not working together. Every minister is doing exactly their own thing, often opposing one another and pursuing totally contradictory policy goals in the same government. And so the government lurches from one chaotic mess to another. In all of this, it must be said, the national treasury is the center of excellence in a sea of ineptitude. And I thank the staff there for trying to fight for what is right for the country. But what about the minister? A year ago, I would have said that Minister Mbaweni was one of the few in government who was in the ring, ready to fight for the future of South Africa. And I hope that he still is, sincerely so. But I am not so sure anymore. There's growing evidence to suggest that the minister has given up in the fight for South Africa. Firstly, there's no sense of urgency from him anymore. A month ago today, the minister said he would be making urgent changes to the government's guaranteed loan scheme for businesses, the 200 billion rand loan scheme. But since then, until today, nothing has happened while thousands of businesses are closing down. This is a central pillar of the government's stimulus response package, and it just isn't working. If businesses are to survive this lockdown crisis, they need help right now not when the minister finally gets around to his to-do list. We have heard the minister say today that he will make an announcement on this matter today, and we eagerly await that. Better late than never. But where is it? It wasn't in his speech, and I hope that it comes very soon. Secondly, the minister's usually direct and frank manner of speaking with the country has been replaced recently by language that is deliberately designed to obscure deceive and confuse. The government's statement on its position on SAA, endorsed by Minister Mbaweni, leaves no one any wiser as to what 
the government's position on SAA actually is. Instead of just saying what he knows is right, that SAA should not receive a single cent further in public support and should close down, the minister equivocates, dodges, hedges and fudges. All of this lacks courage. He hopes he can trick the ANC into thinking that he supports funding SAA and feels very clever speaking with a forked tongue so that no one knows what he really means. Last week, the DA had to approach the courts because the minister refused to answer a simple question about whether he was planning to use his emergency powers under Section 16 of the PFMA to bail out SAA. He refused to reply to two written requests because, of course, that would mean going on the record about what he really meant and intended to do. Only after he was forced to reply to our court papers did he provide the assurance that he would not abuse his emergency powers imminently. But even in offering that commitment, the minister still avoided telling the court exactly how SAA will be supported. So let me ask the minister a few direct questions now in hopes of a straight answer. Minister, will South African Airways receive any public money or any government guaranteed loans? And Minister, will government muscle the PIC or the IDC or pension funds into making meaningless investments in SAA? Finally, Chairperson, during the same week the government committed to mobilize funding for SAA, it took a court order to force the government to resume feeding 9 million children through the school feeding scheme. Only one government, led by the DA, never stopped feeding children throughout. That is the unethical, callous choice this government continues to make. If the minister is still in the fight for the country, then he will have our support. But if he has given up, then he has made his choice and he can expect, he can expect that we will give no quarter. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Member. Uh, I'm sorry for the glitch as explained. Can I call on Honorable <laughs> Over no, thank, no, thank you very much, Chairperson. The EFF will vote against the budget vote of National Treasure as presented. So, additional to the constitutional and legislative mandates of National Treasure, it is also obliged to provide clear political and strategic guidance to all its entities. So, the entities that fall under National Treasure have not been given clear mandate and guidance. But despite the conclusion of the PIC report, National Treasury has not given a clear report to Parliament. This is despite the fact that the PIC is a very important role player in South Africa's economy. The interim board's mandate has come to an end and a new board has not been appointed. The GPF and Government Pensions Administration Agency have not given us a clear update on what is happening in these entities, despite governance mishaps, particularly in GPA. The pension fund adjudicator has got so many challenges and there's no clarity on what is being done. The Financial Services Conduct Authority is full of vacancies despite the recent, and despite the recent departure of the commissioner who is now the, CA, the PIC CEO, there's no clarity of what is happening in the FSCA. The, the, we still have not received an update on how SARS is going to maximally collect tax from the digital economy and the aggressive tax avoidance is still a reality. There's no plan on what is going to be done in that regard. We have no update on the challenges that are facing the tax ombudsman 
uh, despite the commitments that the challenges that are confronting the, the tax ombudsman will be resolved. The land bank is dysfunctional and has not appeared in parliament to give a report and plan on how it will get out of the current difficulties despite the, the 3 billion injection that is part of this uh, uh, budget vote which we're dealing with now. Now, the financial, matters, the financial Matters Amendment Act was signed into law in May 2019, and part of the act amended the Banks Act, which now allows state-owned banks to operate and run the business of banking as a commercial bank. Despite the repeated promises, the National Treasury has not put on the table any believable proposal to show that we're going to create a state-owned bank. The National Treasury only introduced the amendments to the Banks Act because the EFF introduced a private members bill to amend the Banks Act to allow for the state-owned state bank. The most practical and direct way in which South Africa can establish a state-owned bank is through the African bank, which must be the nucleus of the new state bank. There is no plan that we have been given thus far. Now, the coronavirus pandemic has exposed the National Treasury and its reliance on economic ideas of austerity and privatization and wrong statistical modeling. All over the world, treasuries have responded with comprehensive and appropriate economic stimulus packages that include allocation of new money in budgets, not a mere exercise of the reprioritization and budget cuts of existing and equally important programs. What is most shocking about the attitude of the National Treasury is the arrogance that is displayed uh, by the minister and senior managers to treat anyone who holds different views as suspicious and people with untoward motives. When in reality, it's the national treasure that cannot be trusted with South Africa's economic future. Since his appointment as the minister two years ago, we have not yet been given a believable and practical macroeconomic and microeconomic strategy to grow South Africa's economy. The so-called economic transformation, inclusive growth, and completeness document called Economic Strategy, sponsored by the IMF and World Bank, is not a macroeconomic strategy. It is a sales pamphlet to put on display state-owned assets on sale and privatize key functions of the state, including electricity, water, and irrigation system. In the first quarter of 2019, the economy declined by 3.2%. The second and third quarters of 2019 marginal growth were results of mining and financial sector growth boosted by factors that the national treasury has got no role in any measurable way. But the rest of the quarters to date have been declined in the economy. And our assessment and critique of national treasury seems to be shared by even the people who are supposed to be agreeing with national treasury in terms of its macroeconomic approach and in terms of its austerity and in terms of its neoliberal approach but it looks like the rating agencies, which are supposed to be your friends, also do not have faith in the national because almost even all of them have downgraded South Africa under the guidance of the uh, national treasure. The current land bank model is costly and unsustainable because it continues to fund highly capitalized, wide-owned farms that do not create jobs or contribute to food security. The few loans extended to black farmers are too insignificant to could have collapsed the land bank due to non-payment. Loans to commercial black farmers were based on the 582 million from the Department of Agriculture, Fisheries and Forestry. 
and the Department of Rural Development advanced as loans through emerging farmer support and various other forms of grants. Majority of the 44 uh, billion. Your time is up, we vote we are voting against the budget up. as proposed by national treasury and uh, that must be very clear in terms of what should happen thank you very much chair honorable chairperson honorable members south africa has been in a state of national disaster for over three months now because of covid 19 pandemic it has changed our social economic environment and it affects its effects rather have been felt by South Africans from all walks of life. National Treasury and some government departments, and I stress just some, have been instrumental in the collective effort against these effects. However, as it becomes increasingly clear that we have a long way to go, Treasury has had to take extra measures. These have been in the form of the adjustments of budgets and the reprioritization of funds to address primarily healthcare and social welfare initiatives. These adjustments are taking place within the context of our debilitated economy and strained public purse. We have noted with concern the projected revenue shortfall of over 300 million rents and the economy's projected contraction by 7.2% in the 2020-2021 fiscal year. This is the largest contraction we have seen in 90 years. Despite the upheaval brought about by these changes, it is encouraging to note that very little revision and adjustments has taken place within Treasury itself due to COVID-19, and most targets have been moved to future quarters. The primary focus for Treasury will be the redirection of funds to those sectors that need the most and most urgently. The Constitution enjoins Treasury to ensure transparency and sound financial and expenditure control when managing the country's finances. As the rate of expenditure in certain departments and across municipalities rises in response to this pandemic, it behoves Treasury to closely monitor role players to avoid the wasteful and fraudulent expenditure that we have seen. We have already seen, for example, examples of this, such as the Waslu Natal Department of Social Development, PPE and blanket tender debacle, which saw nearly 30 million rands in irregular expenditure. The IFP further urges Treasury to keep an eye on state-owned entities. Its oversight mandate should not be abandoned during this period. In this regard, the IFP remains concerned by Treasury's commitment to the beleaguered South African Airways, which has, for the better part, of the decade been hemorrhaging money. Treasury's July 16 commitment to support and source over 10 billion rands for a restructured national carrier speaks to the culture of government guarantees that is no longer sustainable. The IFP equally remains concerned by Treasury's commitment to another beleaguered SOE, ESCO, which despite regular bailouts from the state of 33 billion rand 2021 and 49 billion rand in 1920 remain settled with crippling debt directly impacting South Africans across the country. Another entity which should be monitored is the land bank, which has been allocated 3 billion rands for recapitalization. Its crucial role in, rent, in land redistribution demands transparency and accountability when it comes to expenditure. 
But Honorable Minister, the biggest problem confronting yourselves at National Treasury and Parliament continues to be the culture of corruption, maladministration, and abuse of the PFMA and Treasury regulations. And this needs to be the primary focus of protecting the already strained We hope that these efforts that you are speaking your, about your today, up, uh, you must deal with the corruption headache. I thank you. Honorable, thank you. Uh, Honorable Wessels, uh, over to you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Chairperson, the minister referred to the constitutional obligation of National Treasury. And if we look at section 216 of the constitution, it refers to National Treasury's role to ensure transparency and expenditure control. It further in section 2162 refers to the fact that National Treasury must enforce compliance. Now, honorable chairperson, we have to be honest. Does National Treasury succeed in its constitutional obligation and does it succeed in its mandate? The mandate of National Treasury is to support economic growth and development, good governance, social progress, and rising living standards through the accountable, economical, efficient, equitable, and sustainable management of public finances. When we look at what has been happening for many, many years, we cannot be honest when we say that National Treasury is succeeding in actually providing that oversight. If we look at the repeated findings by the Auditor General on all levels of government, in all spheres of government, with regards to non-compliance to legislation, then it is clear that National Treasury is failing. And it is also clear when we look at the under-expenditure by especially local government on the grants and very important grants with regards to infrastructure, that there is no expenditure control and that that enforcement of compliance is a failure and National Treasury is failing to enforce such. If we look at the fact that we now need 3 billion rand to bail out a failing land bank, it is a failure, Honorable Minister. And it's a failure to provide the necessary oversight and ensure compliance. When we look at the fact that many municipalities have unfunded budgets and repeatedly have unfunded budgets, there is a problem on the level of national treasury to ensure expenditure control and compliance. En daarbij aansluit op wat die minister gesê het tijdens die onlangse debat oor die verdeling van inkomste en die DORA debat in die nationale vergadering, toe hy my terechtgewees het en gesê het dat ek nie uh, belasting weerhouding moet prerikken. En let me say this, honorable minister, it is not me who is promoting... Your, your time is up, honorable member. 
Der Bissen am Raum Screen ist 18 Sekunden. Ich bin auf 3 Minuten, Chairperson. Oh, your time is up. I have 4 Minuten, Chairperson. It's up, honorable members. No, Chairperson, yes. on the point of order. Chairperson, on the point of order. Yes. The Freedom Front is entitled to 4 Minuten. And the member yes. has just spoken 3 Minuten. He's entitled for another 60 Sekunden, please. Thank you. Six seconds, okay. Pick the six seconds. Not six. Sixty. Uh, carry on, carry on. I'm allowing you six minutes. You have six seconds. It's six seconds, Chairperson. Chairperson. Six minutes. Uh, I, I will now proceed to the next speaker because, uh, like I'm saying, uh, six seconds. My ruling was that it was the time was up. Your ruling you was know, wrong, Chairman. using the honorable member using his. No. Do you want to use the six seconds? Chairperson, I have four Chair minutes. Point. On a point of order, Chairperson. Chairperson, the Freedom Front is entitled to four minutes in total. The honorable yes. member spoke for three minutes, for three minutes when you stopped him. So there's another 60 seconds, six zero. I applaud you to, to stick to the time limits of the political parties. And I, 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 have, I, have, I have agreed to say the member must complete the, what you are claiming as uh, one minute. Can, can, he take, can he continue? I can Thank you. Chairperson, it is not me or the Freedom From Plus that are promoting a tax revolt. It is the ANC government who is promoting a tax revolt. By the repeated corruption, by the fact that municipalities are failing, by the fact that the ANC government is allowing, a national treasury is allowing government departments, municipalities on all spheres of government to not comply with legislation to loot and to be corrupt, to mismanage and not to actually spend the hard-earned taxpayers' money responsibly. And that, honorable minister, is the question that taxpayers are asking. Why should they pay tax while there is no service delivery and while there is no, actually, there is corruption and looting taking place? I thank you. Your, your time is up. Um, Honorable Deputy Minister, over to you. Uh, thank you, House Chair, and uh, good afternoon, Honorable Members. Allow me to expand on the third part of our three-pronged strategy as set out by the Minister, which is advocacy of sound economic policy and economic growth as well as our contribution towards the implementation of the structural reforms. The time for talk is over. We must implement structural reforms. Operation Vulindela will contribute towards the acceleration of the implementation of the structural reforms. We've already identified a number of factors behind the sluggish pace of the execution of the structural reforms. These factors range from technical difficulties, a lack of capacity 
in certain departments to vested economic interests amongst economic actors within and outside the state. We need to urgently address this. We will be working with various departments, state agencies, social partners, including business, to remove this economic growth constraints. We will also make sure that we will coordinate better with the economic cluster, the presidency, in this initiative. Successful engagements on this have already taken place in line with our economic strategy titled Economic Transformation, Inclusive Growth and Competitiveness. Additional reforms include lowering the cost of living and doing business in South Africa with immediate focus on the allocation of spectrum, supply of electricity, provision of cheap and reliable rail transport and port system for the movements of goods, support for agriculture and other sectors with high job creation potential, facilitating regional trade, attracting skilled immigrants where necessary. Honorable Chair, improving living standards requires that we address challenges facing women in the workplace. Over 50% of our senior management in National Treasury are women. These women are leading from the front in shaping our country's microeconomic policies and safeguarding our public finances. The Director General will lead a special program to mainstream gender matters in the department. This is an organizational renewal to ensure that our values, norms, policies, practices, and support services are women empowering. The National Treasury will remain a department responsive to the specific needs of women. We are committed to filling, as the minister indicated, other vacancies at the senior and executive levels that have emerged in the last five years. And as the minister was saying, some of them are ready for submission to cabinet. Honorable members, you are all aware that 16 institutions, in addition to the National Treasury, report to the Minister of Finance. Allow me to highlight a few developments which point to how this money will be used to achieve our overarching objective. A strong South African revenue service will be central to our efforts to restoring fiscal sustainability in order to improve the living standards of South Africans. The allocation to SARS has not been adjusted. This will allow them to collect revenue due to the fiscus, while at the same time increase compliance with the country's tax laws. The revenue service is working to close the tax gap and through its partnership with the police 
and the defense forces to crush the illicit economy. New leadership at the PIC will restore confidence at the asset manager, particularly at this time when we need to inject confidence in our economy. With their 1.3 billion budget, the PIC will aim to achieve economic transformation and job creation. We wish Mr. Abel Sitole, the new chief executive of the PIC, well in his task. The Landberg reports to the Minister of Finance, government, as we all noted, will be allocating $3 billion to recapitalize the bank. The National Treasury is supporting the land bank, find a solution to its default, and craft a long-term restructuring plan. And honorable members, we will continuously report on this task. And finally, we will maintain confidence in our monetary policy through ensuring the instrument independence and accountability of the South African Reserve Bank. I thank you, honorable members. Thank you very much. Uh, honorable Swartz. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, the ACDP appreciates that the committee has already dealt with much of the fiscal outlook, the dire fiscal outlook, the 300 billion projected revenue shortfall, budget deficit of a staggering 760 billion, and of course the threat, as the ministers indicated, of a sovereign default. And we note the downward revision of 863 million across almost all the programs of National Treasury. However, it is a center of excellence, and it is guards the stewardship of the spending of our nation, and it helps to ensure that every rand spent must be carefully spent and that increasing wastage, corruption and impunity from the ACDP's perspective must come to an end. And we are fully aligned with the National Treasury to see that this is done and that they operate with law enforcement agencies to play a key role in this regard, as you have pointed out before. We would remind the minister again that million, billions of rands can be recovered which can help reduce the budget deficit. And it is obviously equally important to ensure that funds are properly spent now and accounted for, and that any slippages, Minister, as you indicated, are eradicated. Now, Minister, we also agree that the spiraling public sector wage bill and salary increases are unaffordable. As is indicated, this will add 37.8 billion to the salary bill for this year alone. And let us just bear in mind that COVID-19 has come at a great cost to employment with an estimated 3 million jobs lost in the private sector alone. Those that did not lose their jobs have not received increases and many have experienced salary cuts just to keep their jobs. It is at this time that we all need to make sacrifices and should be thankful that we have employment. We also regret that it's been necessary to recapitalize the land bank with 3 billion rand. This the state can ill afford at this time. But whilst we appreciate that it is a strategic entity given its important contribution to agriculture sector, a full understanding of how it got to the situation is required. It is clear, 
as the Finance Committee has pointed out, that the bank has not managed its role efficiently and effectively. Those responsible for the poor financial state of the bank must be held accountable. Lastly, House Chair, the ACDP is encouraged by the government's call to place infrastructure development at the heart of the country's economic recovery, moving from consumption to capital expenditure. Long-term investment in the infrastructure is likely to create jobs for low-skilled workers and investment in bankable projects. This will drive much-needed growth and employment generally. However, we would caution against supporting prescribing assets for pension funds for this purpose. While one can understand the need to unlock domestic investment, until those that loot and plunder state resources are held accountable and stolen funds are recovered, pension funds must be protected. I thank you, House Chair. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, can we now call on the UTM? There's no name. Uh, I assume if they are not responding, they are absent. Uh, I'll call on the next speaker, Honorable uh, Shaikh Imam. Shaikh Imam. The next speaker, uh, I'm calling Honorable Sheikh Imam. Oh, Agako. Uh, can we then call on, in fact, I'll immediately hand over to the uh, next chairperson. Um, but in the meantime, let's call on uh, AIC. AIC Co. PAC. And then uh, Honorable George. Thank you, Chairperson. The COVID pandemic has revealed how vulnerable our economy already was before the virus began. Government has no wiggle room to maneuver, and this is entirely of its own making. Although government claims to be pro-poor and a champion of the marginalized and most vulnerable members of our society, its actions speak an entirely different language. Year after year, financial reports reveal billions of rands squandered through inefficiency and corruption. Government has taken no action to hold those responsible to account, and its politi politically connected cronies get richer and richer, all at the expense of the poorest members of our society who bear the brunt of a dysfunctional government unable to deliver service to the people. Before the crisis began, service delivery was already being crowded out. Government's impossible dream of state-owned enterprises driving economic growth has failed spectacularly, despite hundreds of billions in bailouts squandered on hopelessly bankrupt entities that have no chance of ever being viable. Government has long forgotten that it actually has no money of its own. It all belongs to the people, and it is generated off the backs of hardworking South Africans. The pandemic will bite heavily into the tax base, with revenue projected to be in the region of 30% below previous expectations, and economic growth will remain negative for the foreseeable future. Under these conditions, 
a functional government would take urgent action to alleviate the plight of hardworking taxpayers. That was too much to expect. The minister speaks incoherently about government plans to raid pension funds. Income from hardworking taxpayers is long depleted. Government's ability to borrow money is exhausted. Taxpayers will carry the heavy burden of increasing government indebtedness for generations to come. There is no additional relief for taxpayers who are forced to work from home and therefore should be able to deduct for home offices and receive some relief for not being able to travel to work, but still having to pay fringe benefits tax for allowances they cannot use. Although this might seem like a fairly minor matter that would not likely result in large sums of tax relief, it points to the attitude of government to the hand that feeds it. You can bite the hand that feeds you, but you mustn't bite it off. No amount of media advertising by SARS will convince taxpayers to remain compliant if government strains the social contract beyond breaking point. With tax revenue depleted and borrowed to the hilt, government is now salivating over the nation's savings. The minister's rather bizarre idea that pension fund trustees would want to invest members' hard-earned savings in a hopelessly bankrupt airline just doesn't make any financial sense and if anything sounds rather desperate. Trustees are personally responsible for the investment decisions they take. Investing in a broken airline or in any new airline given the state of the market would be negligent and foolhardy. Government cannot force trustees to take suboptimal investment decisions. And if it chooses to enforce prescribed assets, be prepared for a fight. Regulation 28 was designed to protect pension fund members and prudent trustees will refuse to facilitate the theft of members' money to bankroll a broken government. Instead of government looking for ways to bail itself out with the life savings of hardworking fund members, it should rather ask itself how it can help members leverage their own assets in this crisis. Current provision for pension-backed home loans can easily be extended to loans for other purposes. Effectively designed, a pension-backed loan can provide the financial support pension fund members need now to alleviate the extreme hardship they are facing without eroding their longer-term uh, provision for retirement. Leave the people's pension alone, Minister. It's not yours to take. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honourable Member. We will now move to Honourable Peters. Honorable Peters. Deputy. A challenge with regard to net connectivity. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. I want to join those who have spoken before me to express my deepest sympathies to the families of our Isitualando, Saparanguentate, and Rumlangeni, a stalwart and leader of the ANC and Mkonto Wesizwe, who has departed this world to join his co-Rivonia trialist and other political luminaries of his generation. May his dear revolutionary soul rest in eternal powerful peace. As a Christian, I would like to leave all families and loved ones who are struggling with grief during these trying times. With these words from Colossians 1 verse 11, I want to quote, we ask God to strengthen you according to his glorious might with all the power you need to patiently enjoy everything with joy. Close quotes, this too shall pass. Honorable members, as we consider this special adjustment budget for the National Treasury, 
I'm reminded of the words of the great Bolshevik revolutionary Vladimir Lenin, who observed that in the course of the revolution and in the development of human society, and I quote, there are decades where nothing happens and there are weeks where decades happen, close quotes. The year 2020 bear evidence to the truth of Lenin's maxim. We started 2020 with the ANC's 108th anniversary celebration. Our National Executive Committee made a commitment that, and I quote, the ANC will work with all sectors of society to change the structure of the economy to allow for broader participation by Black people, by the women, the youth, and those in rural areas, close quotes. Within two months, many of our plans for 2020 have had to change dramatically. For those political parties who are parochial, those who live in a bubble of their own imagination, note that this disruption did not happen only in South Africa, but in the whole world. As the ANC, we'll keep on emphasizing to all South Africans that we are faced with a new set of challenges. Our priority is to emerge out of this crisis as a united South African nation, working together to recover from the devastating impact of COVID-19, COVID the pandemic that has a devastating effect on our health, social life, and the economy. There are some parties in this house who seem not to appreciate that the supplementary budget that we are considering is not the October mini budget. It is rather a bridge towards the medium-term budget policy statement that will be tabled in October. The purpose of this process is primarily to fund government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and set our economy on a short-term recovery trajectory. Some parties are so desperate to grab the limelight during this national state of disaster, that they have now resorted to using the judiciary to attempt to co-govern with the ANC. The childish attempt by the DA's so-called shadow minister of finance, Honorable Hill Lewis, is a case in point. Besides the fact that there is no shadow cabinet in our constitution, Honorable Hill Lewis, he loses totally-like tantrum of filing an urgent court application to stop Minister Mboweni from committing an imaginary bailout of SAA and then withdrawing the application in court was a waste of court time and resources. The North Houghton High Court must award costs against the DA and on a punitive scale too. Hopefully the DA and others with delusions of grandeur like them will finally learn a lesson that there's only one government in South Africa and that is the ANC government. With regard to vote eight, the Standing Committee on Finance has noted the downward revisions of 863 million across the, the National Treasuries Program, except revenue administration. We recommend that SARS should present to the committee its revised plans and targets in the next quarterly briefing, given the revisions to the fiscal framework. As the previous speakers have said, nobody could have foreseen that our revenue services would collect 300 billion rand less in the current financial year than the projections made in the February budget. Just to illustrate the scale of this revenue shortfall, owing to the national lockdown of the economy and constraints in global travel and trade, government has lost revenue that is larger than the provincial budgets of Gauteng, KwaZulu-Natal, and the Free State combined. If you want to have an international perspective, the shortfall is about the same size as the combined annual budgets of five of our neighboring sovereign states, the kingdoms of Lesotho and Eswatini, republics of Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and Namibia. Honorable members, this means that on the revenue side, we are in trouble. This implies that all the social partners must focus on growing our economy so that government is able to continue allocating funds 
to the problems that our people need. We must avoid at all costs borrowing beyond our ability to pay to repay our debts. And some, as some countries such as Argentina and Greece have done with devastating long-term consequences. Honorable members, the 2019 or in 2019, National Treasury proposed that our economy requires fundamental reforms. As the ANC, we support this. However, several parliamentary inquiries have revealed that the financial service sector is very oligopolistic and untransformed. There's no sector that reminds us of economic exclusion of bad people, exclusion of women, exclusion of people with disabilities and people living in rural areas like this one. Yet very little has happened to correct the situation. Finance is an enabler, we all know. You may have the best of business plans, but without finance, very little will happen. Chairperson, the capital required to start a bank remains a serious barrier for entry for many black people. We are therefore calling on National Treasury and the South African Reserve Bank to act on this as a matter of agency. The joint inquiry by finance and trade and industry committees was concluded in 2017 and adopted in the National Assembly. Yet three years down the line, there's no forward movement on transformation of this sector. Agriculture has been identified by cabinet as a sector which is critical for reigniting economic growth and creating more job opportunities for our people, especially the rural communities. About a month ago, in public hearings we had in one of the committees, African Farmers Association decried the fact that they were highly underfunded. Chairperson, we therefore welcome the move by Minister of Finance to recapitalize the land bank by 3 billion rand. It shows that our ANC government listens. This was against the call by people of the DAE who were already calling for its privatization. Honorable Minister, the land bank played a very important role in developing white commercial farmers. We are therefore not calling for anything new. This institution is critical for our land reform program and correcting the historical injustices should be our new normal. As part of the fundamental reforms that are necessary in the economy, we must expand effective, affordable, and integrated public transport systems and prioritize targeted housing and urban development interventions to overcome spatial legacies of apartheid. It must be possible for the domestic worker who gives Honorable Lewis your house, speak and spend. That domestic worker must find social housing in the same neighborhood where, where she works. Domestic workers cannot be forever working to be able to, to subsidize transport, transportation to get back to work. In conclusion, Honorable Chairperson, as the ANC, we are unapologetic in our determination of fund to fundamentally transform and diversify the financial services sector. We are also resolute in our call to government to fast track the establishment of a state bank. Chairperson, the ANC is supposed to vote eight national treasury adjusted budget. And I want to say to Honorable George, he talks about the broken government. I want to say to you, you all follow your former leader, Honorable uh, uh, Maimani, because he always spoke about a broken government. He is now the broken Humpty Dumpty that was sitting on a wall of a lily white party called the, 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 the DA, which was pushing the interest of the white minority of this country. And I want to say to honorable vessels once more, remember that the investment that we are saying through the, 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 the pension funds is intended to make it possible that the people of South Africa 
through the pension funds of the workers of South Africa can be able to contribute to the resuscitation of the economy of their country. We are not talking about, again, small exclusive minority. And I want to say to Honorable uh, 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 Hill Lewis, we will forever speak about lack of leadership. Think about the mess that you have created in Swani. You found a well-oiled machinery in Swani. Today, we don't have a government that is fully functional in Swani because of the work of the DA. Every time you tell us about the Western Cape, I want to say to this how to, today, we are sitting with a situation where in the Western Cape, the PT, P, PTNG funds were surrendered to National Treasury or the National Revenue Fund because the Western Cape government does not want to see themselves underspending because for them, underspending will reflect that they are not a good government. Forgetting that that grant is intended to make it possible that our people who are on the periphery of the areas of the economy can be able to have easy, accessible, affordable public transport. I want to say, honorable members, that these are the words of a party that is not interested in the DA in delivering to the people of, of the Western Cape. Thank you very much. We will now move to the Honorable the Minister of Finance. Honorable Minister. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Chair and uh, Honorable Members. Uh, I must start off by thanking all the members for their uh, contributions. Um, <clears throat> uh, these contributions are very much appreciated. Um, and you have expressed uh, your views um, um, very um, um, uh, correctly. Uh, this, is a, this is a democracy, and we express our views in different ways. But I thank you nevertheless for that. Um, um, and may our democracy continue to, to thrive. Secondly, I want to uh, once again draw the, uh, the minds of the members um, in this uh, house to what the purpose of this uh, debate is. Um, and that purpose is to consider uh, the national treasury vote. It's not to consider everything else. Uh, it's to consider the vote of the national treasury, uh, which is budget vote number eight. And uh, all these other things we've debated during the appropriations bill, during the DORA uh, conversations and so on. But now uh, our request was that you assist us in debating the national treasury vote in order to enable the national treasury to continue to perform its functions and i thank those members who focused specifically on, on this uh, particular matter i really thank you very much um but uh, for the first time uh, ordinary uh, i mean honorable versus will be very pleased that i agree with you that the South African Constitution enjoys the national treasury 
to enforce compliance with financial management. And I think I agree with you there. And I'm sure the National Treasury will continue to use the Public Finance Management Act and all other regulations to enforce financial controls and uh, regulations throughout the, the Republic of South Africa. There, I agree with you. So you can go and have a nice bride today saying that for the change, you have agreed something with the Minister of Finance. The um, honorable members, um, you know, when I returned uh, here to Mahovaslov in Zanin, there were two cases of uh, the coronavirus. Um, as of yesterday, the cases have gone over 200 uh, in the greater Zanini area where I live. This says to me that all of us should really focus our attention on what we can do to fight against the pandemic. And one of the most critical immediate thing is to encourage all our constituencies wear a mask, wear a mask, wash your hands with soap, practice social distancing. Whenever you feel the symptoms, go and see a doctor. And at this hour, at this moment, I think all of us should be united despite our political differences. I therefore thank all of you who have supported the vote of the National Treasury. And please stay safe. This country needs you despite your many political differences. Thank you very much, indeed. My boy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Members are reminded that the debate on defense budget vote, justice and constitutional development budget vote, and environment, forestry and fisheries budget vote will take place at 16.15 on the virtual platform. That concludes the debate and the business of this virtual mini plenary session. The mini plenary will now rise. Thank you. Thank you, Comrade Mika. Hey guys, the platform is finished out of the way. <laughs> we miss each other so much. Hello, here, Lewis. Lewis, why does it look like you have a blush on? Hello, those are my normal pink cheeks. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Take care.